Hi, hello. Welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is February the 7th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, today was, was a nice hump day. Uh, let's see, work went pretty well. Um, let's see, what was the food corner yesterday? Food corner was uh, pasta with the salad. It was very yummy, and I had some bread. No pizza bread this time. I kept it normal. I will say the interesting thing, uh, I when I was at the grocery store, I found, like, the biggest bolillo roll I've ever seen before. I think it was huge. So um, that was kind of fun <laughs> just to have a big old piece of bread. It was like – like, usually these things are about the size of, like, a – six inch sub or something and this one was about like a foot long so i was like oh shit let's go uh big bread uh but yeah i i uh my eyes are bigger than my stomach yesterday that was kind of a bummer i hate that when i i get like about halfway through a meal and it feels like i'm hitting a wall you know when normally i'm eating like an anime character no problem so you know that was a bit of a was of a fail but you know i don't mind getting full and then just saying hey this is when you say when uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it on all my Joneses. So let me go ahead and do my startup, and we'll get into some news. Oh yeah. All right. First uh, stop comes uh, CNN. Haley loses Nevada GOP primary as Biden wins Democratic contest. So I just want to hit this real quick. Um, And this is a crazy stat for me. Um, None of these candidates got 63.3% of the primary in Nevada. Nikki Haley follows up second. Uh, 30.5%. Mike Pence and Tim Scott are also named, but they are in single digits and also are not in the running anymore. Um, so that's fucking crazy that she got trounced this hard. Also, it's important to, to note here that in this primary, Trump's name wasn't on the ballot. Trump was like, no, I want Nevada to do the caucus and stay with the caucus. I don't want them to get weird with it. And he implored them to, and they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So essentially the caucus is more or less the true litmus test for who wins anyway. And pretty much the people have already spoken and they say, boo, all these people suck. Get the fuck out of here. And they're going to vote for um, Trump. So uh, that was interesting. And then, I mean, uh, what's his name? Joe Biden, excuse me, sorry. Joe Biden winning here is not surprising. Um, any of the other candidates are like fucking a baby's whisper. <laughs> like they're just not doing anything. Um, yeah, there's Marianne Williamson. Who I don't even think we've, we've really even talked about. Um, and there was the other guy. What was his name? Doug or some shit. I don't know. Either way, none of these dudes stand a chance. So whatever. We can move on. Um, from the BBC, Pakistan election. Two blasts killed 28 in Balish, uh, I swear I can pronounce this. Balistan? I cannot. Uh, Balistan Day uh, before vote. So let's get into this. 
Balochistan. I knew I could say. I, I heard it today, and I was like, I can say Balochistan. I know I can. Yee, mia culpa. Uh, two bomb explosions near candidate uh, candidates' offices in the Pakistani province of Balochistan killed at least 28 people and wounded uh, dozens uh, on the eve of general elections. Also, bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Yeah, I can say that. You know, listeners know. I can still, I can say bureaucracy. I feel like I was, I was fucking it up and maybe I'm still fucking it up, but today's better. <laughs> um, the first blast killed 16 people in Pishin district, north of Kuweta, uh, or Kuweta. I'm just getting it. I'm rattling them off today. Uh, north of Kuweta city. The second explosion left 12 dead in Kuila Saifula, to the east, the Islamic State or ISIS or I'm sorry, IIS, um, IS group said it was responsible for both attacks. The vote has been marred by violence and claims of poll rigging. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they, you know, mentioned that um, Imran Khan is banned. Uh, they also talk a little bit about um, just like a little bit of like what's the situation in Belosh. Uh, cannot talk right now that sucks uh balochistan uh pakistan's largest and poorest province has a history of violence it has seen decades-long struggle for greater autonomy by various groups some of them armed islamists uh including pakistani taliban or the ttp uh which operate along the border with afghanistan um and i think that's something that i've i kind of failed to mention in the whole real politique that's kind of been going on uh, with the Imran Khan trial, like, you know, we have the executive branch, you know, Imran Khan in, in, the, in that situation, uh, fighting with, you know, more or less the the government and, um, you know, they're going at it. But then meanwhile, kind of behind the scenes interlaced is the military who was propping up one executive branch and then not liking it, then kind of leaning more towards with the government and then there's a fourth branch, you can kind of say, which isn't really a branch, but something that, you know, pardon the pun, blows everything up is essentially, you know, any of these militant factions that like, you know, terrorists or whatever that come in and keep kind of trying to shake and rattle the status quo for their own means and purposes, ideologies, what have you. So, I mean, obviously Pakistan just has a lot going on. I, I think that's kind of why, I mean, obviously it's going to keep making the news and why I kind of keep looking at it. And I'm you know, almost fascinated in a lot of ways. But um, let's see here. Images on social media showed cars and motorbikes blown apart by force of the explosion. Officials told the BBC the candidate was meeting his polling agent at the time. Um, the two places that were hit, I believe, were... Um, like polling offices and stuff like that. So um, it, it was definitely a part of this. It was definitely part of the motivation. I believe it was like uh, they took place on like um, um, like motorbikes. Like they had like bombs on the motorbikes and that's how uh, the shit went down. Uh, there was something I wanted to mention. I don't know if I still have my highlighted portion. I scrolled past it. Uh, here we go. Uh, PTI candidates have uh, are, run, are having to run as independents following the Electoral Commission's decision to strip the party of its cricket bat symbol. Electoral symbols are vital in helping voters mark their ballots in a country with high rates of illiteracy. So I didn't learn that until reading that. And that 
kind of helped me understand why the symbol was so important. I'm like, bro, this isn't a goddamn Batman movie. I get it. Symbols are important, whatever. But like, no, they took the way the cricket bat symbol. So that means even if you get you wanted to get spicy on on voting day and like vote for Imran Khan or like say I want to vote for the PTI, you can't. Like you just cannot. Like the average person isn't going to be able to do that because literally the symbol, which was cricket bat, because Imran Khan, you know, he was popular from that shit. Um, it's gone. It's gone. You know, next. Now I've mentioned before, PTI has kind of been scattered about. Um, some have been hiding, some have been exiled, some are imprisoned, but, um, there are also others that have said, okay, well, since the PTI has more or less been disbanded, we're going to make up our own independent group and we're going to run. So they're potentially on the ballot, but the man tipped to win Thursday election, Thursday's election is three-time former prime minister Nawaz Sharif, who himself was behind bars at the last election. Analysts say it appears he has done a deal with the military to facilitate his return to politics. That's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like, you're always going to see the military somewhere in the backbeat or even screening to the front saying, hey, you guys need to do what we're telling you to do or there's going to be problems. So um, it kind of is it's interesting to me that this is kind of already seemingly sewn up. Um, but we'll see, you know, how things, things shake out in terms of the vote. But obviously, it's very unfortunate that, you know, people are dying and stuff. Like, literally, more, I hate to say it because that sounds so fucking corny, but dying for democracy. You know what I mean? That fucking, that fucking shit sucks. Um, really dying for ideologies and stupid, dumb, petty shit, period. It's not, it's not, that's not worth it. You know what I mean? It's a real fucking shame. But, you know, these things are going to happen, and that's why I like to talk about it, cover it. Um, speaking of Iggy things that I, I do wind up covering on the fucking regular, let's talk about a fucking shitty-ass cop. Um, from ABC News, 17-year-old shot and killed by officer conducting welfare check. Something that's sadly all too common in America. A teenager was shot and killed by a police officer conducting a welfare check at a residence in Nebraska, state police said. The Nebraska State Patrol said it's investigating the shooting, which occurred Tuesday afternoon in Columbus, a city located 90 miles west of Omaha. The Columbus Police Department was conducting a welfare check on a subject following a report of potential self-harm, State or Nebraska State Patrol said in a press release. During the response, an officer shot the 17-year-old boy, state police said. He was pronounced dead at the scene. So, essentially, the subject became a suspect in, in just a matter of, of seconds in motion somehow. Um, there's not many details on what happened, uh, I guess, hence the investigation. The officer has been placed on administrative leave. Um, they add there's no active threat to the community. Uh, they say that, though, but, the you know, literally a fucking dude who just killed someone, fucking kid, you know, is just chilling at their house now. But whatever. I mean, we all know how this shit works. You know, just because it's a new year doesn't mean it's a new them. Um, so, yeah, you know, here I am talking about this shit. But uh, if there's any updates, anything that, you know, shakes out, you know, I'll be there to cover it. Uh, let's see. From the Daily Press. Uh, Nine train cars derail in Norfolk, Norfolk, Norfolk Southern's Lambert's Point rail yard. Nine train cars derailed at Norfolk, Norfolk Southern's rail yard in Lambert's Point Wednesday morning, the company confirmed. 
No one was injured in the incident, and the cars were empty at the time. According to Heather Garcia, a spokesperson for Norfolk Southern, I have to say it like that, uh, no hazardous materials were involved. That's so important that they say this, and really this is kind of like a nothing burger story. Nothing bad happened. No one was hurt. They got the train cars back in action, you know, I think within like an hour or so. So that's good. Kudos. Awesome. I think they just had to fix like a power pole for Duke Energy. Great. Awesome. But the reason I'm doing this train watch is because it's been a while. And naturally, I'm sure longtime listeners know when we talked about the shit last year with East Palestine, you know, repping Ohio, talking about Ohio, when literally there was fucking chemical smoke plumes from, you know, them having to explode a train car because it was fucking leaking from a derailment. And there was more derailments to come following that incident. So... Just want to let y'all know that I didn't forget, you know, we're still keeping our eyes on the Sparrow or the, you know, train car, if you will. And, um, yeah, luckily this time, nothing too crazy. Everything got fixed and is seemingly back in order. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it stays that way. And any kind of crazy, you know, situations are just easy fixes, you know, and nobody dies. And no one's going to get, I don't know, some fucking shitty super cancer someday soon because of a fucking incident from Norfolk Southern. <laughs> Okay. All right. We are moving along. We're actually at our last story. So let me go ahead and take my break, recalibrate, and then we'll go ahead and just finish this off. Okay, we're back. From the Associated Press, heavy snow makes it challenging to reach marine helicopter that crashed in the mountains with five aboard. Rescuers were battling heavy snow Wednesday to reach a Marine Corps helicopter carrying five troops that went down in a mountainous area outside San Diego. The CH-53E Super Stallion Helicopter the largest helicopter in the military, designed to fly in harsh conditions, had gone missing as an historic storm dumped heavy snow and record rain over California. Civilian authorities searching on ground and by air located the aircraft just after 9 a.m. Wednesday near the mountain community of Pine Valley, about 45 miles or 72 kilometers um, from San Diego, at least by drive. (coughs) Excuse me. But rescue crews said snowy conditions were making access challenging on the ground, officials said. Um, Let's see. The last known contact with the helicopter was at about 11.30 p.m. Tuesday. Cal Fire's spokesperson, Mike Coronet, told CBS 8 News. The location was based on a ping reported to a Cal Fire dispatch center. The agency sent several engines and an ambulance to an overnight area, or an area overnight, I'm sorry. Uh, now, the Marines are flying a CH, the, the Stallion helicopter, from Creech Air Force Base, northwest of Las Vegas, where they had been doing an, a unit-level training and were, or were doing unit-level training and were returning home to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego, defense officials said. Um, 
Now, they don't know, you know, when they headed out, but it looks like, you know, they had to get down due to the weather. And, you know, when I initially heard this story, that they were missing. They didn't know. They, they weren't able to find them. But it looks like, at least now, um, you know, they know where they are. They just don't have the means to actually reach them, at least to my knowledge and understanding, at least as of, as of right now. Um, that being said, hopefully they are going to be able to find them. And, um, you know, I'll be giving you some good news in that regard. But um, that is the story as I know it. So I will leave it there. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, that's the episode. Ooh, nice and quick. Uh, let's see here. If you'd like to help out, support the effort, you can. I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com. So that's Isaiah News. Uh, free ways to hit me up. IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me or the podcast on socials. Um, also helps out a ton if you're subscribed to the YouTube. Uh, hit that like button. Hit uh, hit a nice comment. That will be sweet and swell. Um, sharing is always cool. That's caring. And uh, yeah, uh, you can do that on any like listening platform you're you're currently rocking. So you know, much obliged. Thank you so much. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye.